Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Wednesday, June 29th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. On today's show, Kellis Robinette joins me to talk everything Kansas State. We start with football recruiting. The Wildcats have been on something of a roll lately, and they'll look to continue the work next week when the state's top prospect, quarterback Avery Johnson from Mays High in Wichita, announces his plans. We also discuss some Kansas State hoops, also what new Big 12 commissioner Brett Yormack will bring to the job with a background in entertainment, and we provide a final thought on Lon Kruger. It was announced Wednesday that Kruger, the former Wildcats hoop star and coach, will be inducted into the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame in November. A lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. Okay, Kellis, uh, I was thinking about this on my walk last night. Um, I've been to Manhattan, I don't know, more than 100 times in my life, just going up to, you know, going up to cover football and men's basketball games, which means my trips to Manhattan would have been, you know, from August through, I don't know, maybe May is the latest in the year that I've gone up. I've never been to Manhattan in the summertime. I've been here for almost 30, you know, more than 30 years, and I don't think I've ever been to Manhattan in the summer, maybe for a golf tournament back way way back in the early Bill Snyder days. So I wanted to ask you, what is summer like in the Little Apple? Do you, uh, is, is, is that a good time of year to be in Manhattan? I mean, I like it. I think it's a little slice of paradise. All the restaurants you want to try to eat at, um, you know, that are too busy during the, during the school year are much more available. Um, there's just not nearly as much traffic. It's uh, just us townies and a few athletes uh, who are working out, you know, during the summer around right now. So I, I like it. I mean, nothing beats, uh, you know, the school year when you got all the sports going on and uh, all that electricity around campus and everything. But it's a much more relaxed vibe. Um, and uh, especially right now with the, with the swimming pools open around town and stuff, there's, there's some good family stuff to do. So, so I like it. If you ever want a day trip out here, we'll, we'll show you around and, and uh, let you experience it for yourself. Might have to do that. You're you're right about college towns in general, though. In the summer, right? I grew up in um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and one summer I had a job in Chapel Hill, so I would commute over there, and that was it was a summer job. Um, and Chapel Hill was just there was hardly anyone there in the summer, um, and I loved it. Uh, the, the The streets were open and kind of a convenience store um place and it was rarely busy so you're right about college college towns in general in the summer are pretty cool places to be um if it's if it's just a college town if the town's built around the college not we're not talking about big city colleges but um college towns so well it's it's definitely nice when there's you know restaurants that say on a friday night um during the school year, there's, you know, no hope of getting in in under an hour. You can, you know, just smooze in anytime and start eating. It's pretty nice. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, um, but it doesn't mean the the news for the college team stops in the summer that continues and it's been continuing in Manhattan. I noticed just this morning, we're recording this on Wednesday morning, just this morning, you had another football commitment posted for the Wildcats. They've been a little bit of a recruiting role here recently. I want to talk about that, but how about just bringing us up to date on the very latest of the, of the 2023 commitment list? Yeah. I mean, um, uh, 
if you look on the uh, scale of colors of hotness, you know, red is pretty hot, white is hotter, blue is really hot. Um, and maybe even a step above that is Kansas State right now with what they're doing uh, on the recruiting trail. Um, I've never really seen a, uh, since I've been covering the beat, I've never seen them just, uh, you know, basically open up the floodgates and just watch all these recruits who have other power five offers come on in. Um, so it, it's been an eventful couple of days if you follow recruiting and it's might heat up even more here. Now they've got, uh, a kid committing, uh, not committing, but deciding on July 1st, who, uh, very much is in play for Kansas state, another one on July 4th. And then, um, every Johnson, the apple of everyone's eye, the quarterback for May is, is committing on July 5th. And uh, if they get th- those three guys on top of the nine, they've already, um, landed, um, that'd be a heck of a start for them. And, Really, um, you know, they were doing pretty. They were doing pretty good um, in the twenty twenty three cycle, and then things really kicked up a gear last week when Dylan Edwards committed. Um, somebody asked me, it was kind of funny afterward. Um, had I ever been to a um, you know a, a commits announcement ceremony where he actually was at the table, had the hats on there, had a big crowd around, and I really hadn't because Kansas State just hasn't um, been involved with too many local in-state kids who had big-time offers from other schools. It's just been really hard to convince those players that they shouldn't leave and prove themselves elsewhere, that there's a viable option here in-state, that they can stay home and play for the Wildcats. And they finally got one, and a really good player in Dylan Edwards, a really good running back from Derby, picked Kansas State over Oklahoma, Nebraska, an army of other suitors. And, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting since he's signed on. It seems like everybody else wants in, too. So. Um, it, it, it's a different, it's a different vibe going on right now. And yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's a nice change for Kansas state. Well, let's, we'll circle back to Dylan Edwards. I want to talk about Avery Johnson first though. Um, the quarterback from Mays, uh, dual threat guy, four-star quarterback, um, list listed as his finalists, Kansas state, Oregon, and Washington, um, pretty significant though, when he made his official, what he did after he made his official visit to Kansas state. Um, I believe I read in your story, he canceled other visits, um, at that point. So Kansas state has to feel pretty good about where they stand with Avery Johnson. They do. Um, the only, he says his finalists are Washington, Oregon and Kansas state. I don't really think Washington is in the mix. Um, they're actually hosting another recruit this weekend, I believe, and could maybe even get a commitment out of him, um, which would take them off the table. I, I think that I think he has them in there just because he wanted he wanted to check out someplace you know fun in the big city. Seattle has a good you know has a good vibe. He wanted to go check it out. He liked the the visit and everything, but I don't think he really wants to go there. Um, Oregon, I think um, you know I think they're still somewhat in play. Uh, he really likes their offense coordinator. Their head coach is from the Kansas area. Um, he grew up an Oregon fan. I, I think there's a I think there's a chance he could go there, but I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say Kansas State is in the lead. I don't think it's hyperbole to say they're the favorite. They've recruited him longer than anybody. Colin Klein and him have this just amazing relationship, and um, he. <laughs> I don't know. You can just tell when he came to Kansas State, um, he came up here under, you know, less than perfect conditions. A tornado hit Manhattan while he was on campus for his official visit. And he still came back raving about all the cool stuff he did, how much he liked it. And I think that says a lot that if a tornado hits campus when you're on your visit and you're still raving about what you did there, 
uh, you like the school. So, and I don't think it hurts either that Dylan Edwards committed to Kansas State. Him and uh, I asked Avery Johnson this, how long they've been buddies. And he said it's been since the sandbox. Wow. So, um, those two would very much like to play together in college if they could. Dylan has made it no secret that he's going to do everything he can to get Avery in purple. Um, so, I'm expecting him on July 5th to pick the Cats. I'm not saying, you know, it's a lock or anything like that, but I think it's going to happen. And what what a win that would be for Kansas State if it happens. Think about this. Avery Johnson is a four-star, four-star quarterback within the state, and he's the number one ranked recruit in the state. Kansas State hasn't landed the most wanted player in the state since 2004. Okay. I looked it up. KU's done it two or three times. Nebraska's coming and taking away. Minnesota, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. It is crazy to think that Kansas State has gone 18 years without snagging the number one rated player in the state. And it would send a nice message to everybody else if he actually follows through and, and says, I'm going to come to Kansas State. Pretty stunned by that. Um, I, I didn't realize it was it had been that long. Uh, when you think about the, uh, the the teams of the second Bill Snyder regime, you know, they they had conference champions and you know bowl teams every year. Uh, obviously, recruiting was was good, and to, you know, to to have those types of seasons and never getting the number one guy in the state of Kansas would by the top football program by far in the state of Kansas. Um, who was the player in 04? Do you, do you remember uh, Nick Patton? quarterback from uh i forget the town but yes that that's who the last number one rated player they got was they get they snagged the number two guy a few times um yeah never number one i mean they, they let Brees hall get away to iowa state like let blake bell get away to uh to oklahoma um the kid from kansas city i forget his name he plays for wisconsin um, oh, quarterback, quarterback. Um, oh, you, you had to ask me. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Graham, they maybe already. Uh, Graham, yeah, Graham. Uh, gosh. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That you got it. Uh, I think they might have had Skylar Thompson already lined up at that point, so maybe that was why. But, hmm. but yeah, I mean, lots of great players. Jaron Kinnack, He went to Oklahoma last last recruiting cycle. Um, it's it's just been hard for him, you know, when when these other major schools come in and say, hey. You're too good to stay in Kansas. You should go play somewhere else. Sometimes these kids, you know, say, "Yeah, let's do it," but uh, it seems like they're on the cusp of actually getting somebody to stay home, and that'd be a big statement if it happens. Well, no doubt about it. Uh, Graham Mertz, by the way. Um, there we go. So, uh, just just one of those summer moments, summer college. <laughs> moments. Well, then take us through. Let's let's project Avery Johnson to Kansas State. What uh, what would be his uh, progression or his his evolution to become the starting quarterback? When when could that happen? I mean, I think it could happen um, his freshman year. Um, I think you know odds of that are maybe fifty fifty. I know from talking to him and uh, his family, I think uh, they're thinking that he can come in and be the heir apparent to Adrian Martinez. Um, so there's a lot of confidence there. Um, you watch his, you watch his tape and watch him throw in person. He's got a heck of an arm, can understand offenses. And he, uh, he says he really is a perfect fit for Colin Klein's offense, which is supposed to be no huddle, a little bit faster than what they've done in the past. So I think the opportunity would be there for him to come in and, um, you know, even, even start before Skyler, um, and be a, a day one guy. The only thing is though, that Will Howard, you know, he's already, he's already started, Quite a few games for Kansas State. I know he hasn't been the the greatest quarterback uh, in K State history, but 
he's going to have a big experience advantage. And we've seen over time, there are certain players who they do need a few years to get uh, acclimated to the college game and they don't hit their stride until later. I mentioned Colin Klein a few times. Uh, there was nobody thinking he was a Heisman finalist um, as a freshman or as a sophomore. And then he, you know, everything clicked as he got older. So, you know, maybe that happens for Will Howard. Jake Rubley is a four, former four-star quarterback um, who's also on the roster. If things click for him, he could be hard to, uh, you know, to, to beat out for the job. Um, so it's really down to those guys. They also have Adrian Lara, um, a, a freshman quarterback who just got on campus for summer, summer workouts. I suppose he could also be in the mix. Um, so you, I guess the good thing is there's some intriguing options there, right? You've got a guy who started some games, a former four-star recruit, and then uh, the golden boy, if he comes, Avery Johnson. Um, so th that's a much better situation than they've been in the past, whoever ends up winning that job. But I wouldn't put it past Avery to uh, to come in and start day one if he's as good as advertised. And, and if not, you know, maybe he redshirts a year and then goes from there. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's uh... – Let's talk a little bit more about Dylan Edwards, the, the running back. Uh, he has um, uh, Deuce Vaughn size, um, <laughs> which is to say not much, but <laughs> but um, uh, packs a punch in that 5'9", 165-pound frame. And he was the one, of course, who you know, had the, um, the, the, the signing day hat um, game. So I, I've never been to one of those. You said that was your first. I've, I've never been to one of those. I, but I do remember one of the very first ones was um, uh, Ralph Sampson. You remember? You remember Ralph Sampson, the basketball uh, oh player? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, seven foot four, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, went to um, went to the table and stuttered and stammered and was really nervous about picking Virginia over Kentucky. Um, as I oh, recall, uh, so we're talking about uh, late 1970s, which speaks to well, we don't we won't talk about what that speaks to, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but so good get because the, the the hats left on the table for Dylan Edwards were uh, from Oklahoma and Nebraska, and K State had a they, they had an advantage here. His dad coached for the Wildcats, did he not? Played for the Wildcats. coach played for the Wildcats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Leon Edwards played running back uh, under Bill Snyder for a couple of years. Uh, five foot nine, just like his son. Um, I think deep down, he he says he says he didn't care where Dylan went to school. He said he could go anywhere. But I mean, come on, I think deep down he wanted him to play at Kansas State. And you can see one of the cool things about the ceremony was that uh, after the decision was made, announced, and he had the hat on, um, somebody asked a question to uh, Leon, his father, and asked him what he thought about it, and he was. I'm probably more excited about everything than even the son was. He kind of got up and stood up and flashed the Wildcat sign and said uh, he wanted everybody to know if you want to play real football, you come play with with my son at Kansas Stakes. We're about to win a lot of games, so pretty pretty cool to see that from uh, from a kid's uh, from a kid's family. And um, you know, I I loved it that um, you know Dalen he is a little bit taller than Dusan. He is a little bit taller than Darren Sproles. I, I like the way he approached. Um, uh, you know, the, the topic of, um, do you want to follow in the footsteps of those guys? And obviously the answer is yes. Um, Darren Sproles is in the college football hall of fame. Deuce Vaughn is a consensus all American. Why wouldn't you want to do that? 
Um, and he, I thought it was interesting. He said that uh, the thing that really turned him on to Kansas State was watching watching them just thrash LSU in the bowl game and seeing what they did with Deuce Vaughn. He said he, he, he could see himself doing all those things. He wanted to be a part of that offense. Um, but at the same time, he said he wants to be his own player, wants to come, out, come in, uh, leave his own legacy, play his own way. Um, I like that guy who understands the past, but still wants to do it his own way. I think that's a great, great approach. And um, he, he gets it, you know, um, he's really talented, really fast, fits the Kansas state running back mold, got a family connection there, very highly rated player from the state. Um, I mean, you really couldn't think of a bet of a better get this time of year than that. Okay. Hey, so earlier you mentioned the, 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 the drought for Kansas State in terms of getting the top prospect in the state. And that's sort of what's on the line for the Wildcats when it comes to Avery Johnson. But this year, for, you know, for the class of, of 2023, um, not just the, the Wildcats are not only involved, deeply involved with the top player in the state, but they have really dominated the state. Have they not? They if, if top 10 guys there. Would Johnson be number? Would be would he be six? I mean, they've already gotten a, a, a nice haul from the state of Kansas. Yeah, they've already got five, and um, what what a good time to uh, you know step up to the plate and uh, and and own your home ground because I know there are a lot of years looking back um, in those recruiting rankings there aren't, but in some years there aren't, but five or six even players listed, you know. Right in the uh, in the ratings, who are even worthy of um, scholarship offers? Um, this year, there's 15 or 16, and there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of talent up top, and they they've done a very nice job in um, identifying some of these players and keeping them home. Because in the past, like I said, um, like Brees Hall was Iowa State um, uh, a couple of years ago. The top uh, top six players in the state all looked really good and went elsewhere. And it's it's been uh, over the last couple of years hard to defend off schools like Iowa State, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State when they come in and, and uh, recruit kids from Wichita and Kansas City. This year, Kansas State is really fighting back. They got um, I'm going to run down the guys they got. They got Camden Beebe, a really nice um, offensive lineman from Piper, brother of Cooper Beebe. He never really got any big offers from every from anybody else, but I think that's just because it was um, very much understood that he was going to follow in his brother's footsteps. Um, but a very nice get, nonetheless. Uh, Wesley Fair from Collegiate out in Wichita could have gone to Iowa State, could have gone to a bunch of other places. Um, Kansas State got him. Uh, Will Ancio, another guy had offers from Kansas, could have gone out of state. Kansas State got him too. Um, and they've uh, and then Andre Davis, uh, who the son of a former Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. Yep, Willie. Um, yeah, Willie. Yeah, how about that? Um, <laughs> decided he's going to go to Kansas state. So those are some very nice gets. They're still in play for a few others. They haven't gotten everybody. Um, another kid from Derby announced yesterday, he's going to Iowa state, Joe Otting, a lineman from Topeka. Um, and this, this shit tells you how deep uh, Kansas recruiting is this year. Joe Otting from Topeka is like the seventh or eighth rated guy in the state. He's going to Notre Dame. Wow. Um, so for Notre Dame to come in and take a lineman from Topeka, who's barely in the top 10 in the state rankings, that shows how deep this class is. Um, so, you know, Kansas State missed on him, but they were the number two choice. Dylan Edwards has said he's going to go in and flip them and get him to come to Kansas State in the end. We'll, we'll see about that. But um, Kansas State's still in on some of these other guys, um, and they've, they've really moved the needle from where it was uh, at the end of the Bill Snyder era. It's, it's been a nice turnaround. 
I think the other important statement made here is, um, you know, a shot to the to the university uh, to the east of of Kansas State. I think we all believe that Lance Leipold is probably the best coach that Kansas has hired in the last, uh, you name it, uh, since Mark Mangino, and has the ability to make some inroads. Beating Texas last year was a was an example of that. But um, nice to send a message to KU that Kansas State, when it comes to uh, you know, recruiting chops and reputation, they're still the they're, they're still the kingpin, and you've got to. You know, you better work twice as hard if you're going to top Kansas State and Chris Kleiman's program. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, that's definitely the flip side to this. As, as hot as Kansas State football recruiting has been lately, um, it's hard not to see Kansas football recruiting as cold because we've talked about all these great players who are in the state of Kansas coming out this year. and The, the Jayhawks haven't uh, landed any of them as of yet. And they've been in on all these guys. Um, they tried with Edwards. They tried with Johnson. Um, couldn't even, you know, be one of their finalists. It's, uh, it's, and, and you know, in the past, it hasn't always been the case. Um, so it's, uh, you, you can definitely feel, at least from a momentum point, um, a gap widening even further between those two programs. Okay, let's take a break here, Kellis, and we'll come back for a shorter segment in just a few moments. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. All right, we are back on Sportsbeat KC with Kellis Robinette. We're talking Kansas State sports. Um, Kellis, let's switch it over to basketball real quick. The Wildcats picked up another uh, transfer this one was from uh, Hofstra, a big, uh, big player from Hofstra, 6'10". And I'm going to let you pronounce his name. I, oh, it, no. It is, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue to talk while you look up your story, which had the pronunciation <laughs> guide in it. Um, but he's a, um, he's, he averaged 7.1 points and 7.1 rebounds for Hofstra last year. And I believe, if I, if I read the story right, this is his fourth school after – um, before Hofstra was at Stetson in Arkansas. And this player is. Um, well, they call him Bebe. <laughs> okay, we can go with that, but just for the record. He, he, uh, okay. So um, if you're actually trying to pronounce it, I believe it is. Abayu May E Z Ola. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm more about this. Okay. Ubayumi. That's the first name. 
E Eola. I believe that is his e- Eola. I believe that is his last name. Okay. They just call him Bebe for simplicity. It's kind of like uh, the tight end they had from uh, the tight end transfer they had from Illinois last year. Daniel Imator Bebe took you a while to get used to it. Let's just call him Bebe. Um, you know, there's not many players that I've been like absolutely terrified to pronounce their names. This guy is one of them. Um, but let's just move past that. Well, say, just. Just, just think how well uh, Wyatt Thompson and then Stan Weberfield. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know they got to do it all the time. Uh, that first, uh, that first game, uh, November could be tricky. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, like I said, it's summer for me too, so uh, I'll get mid-season form for the pronunciations of time. Um, but I can tell you a little bit about this guy's this kid's game. Um, I've done some research on. Him. I've talked to some people about him. Um, for, for being the number 10 player on the roster and a potential backup uh, center, um, five-man, something they didn't have, I, I think it's a good late addition for him. Um, and the reason I say that is because his uh, he brings a unique skill set that Kansas State hasn't had a bunch of in the past, and that's rebounding. Um, even though he, you know, his numbers have never been like crazy high, he's never averaged a double-double or anything like that, um, the advanced metrics love him. He was a top 10 offensive rebounder, according to Ken Palm last season. Um, and when he's been in some big situations, he's kind of dug deep down and delivered some amazing performances last year when he played Arkansas at Hofstra. He had 18 and 14. Um, I believe he was at Stetson early on as an underclassman. They played a game at Duke, and he had something like 19 and 16 in that game. So it goes to show you when, uh, you know, when everything's flowing right, and he's in the perfect uh, circumstances. He can he can deliver a very nice stat line. And um, I, I hate to be the guy who's perennially picking on Kansas State's uh, centers, but um, there weren't uh, too many guys in the Bruce Weber era who could stand up and do that. So I, I think uh, you know I, I think they've certainly got to prove themselves. But at the five spot next season, they're going to have a, a former four star recruit in Jarrell Colbert, the LSU transfer. And now a guy who's proven he can be a uh, top 10 rebounder, at least in advanced metrics. I'm not saying he's going to put up, you know, 15 rebounds a game, but when he's in, he's going to be crashing the glass. He's going to be getting boards. Um, And with those two guys as an option at at the five, I think that brings an interesting new dynamic we haven't seen before to the front court. Interesting pickup for Jerome Tang. Um, Well, hey, um, we, we need to talk about the new Big 12 commissioner, uh, we, That's right. Or at least uh, you know, strongly speculated. No, no announcement from the Big 12 yet, but all signs point to someone from outside of the the college world, the college administrative world, which is uh, the way the direction I thought they would go. But this um, this they, they did not go this way. Brett Yormack. Hope I'm pronouncing it right. Brett Yormack uh, is the guy. He is the CEO of Jay Z's. Rock Nation. I had to look up Rock Nation. I, I, I had not heard of it. Um, uh, Larry, you got to get with the times. I, I do. I do. <laughs> Listen, and and I, I know Jay-Z, um, and I know him because at the Final Four, back about a decade or so ago, one of his handlers came up to me and asked me if I was using my seat on press row for the game. And if not, could Jay-Z sit there? Oh, <laughs> and I said, well, I, I, I think the NCAA frowns on such, uh, you know, such matters. <laughs> so um, I made sure to keep my seat, but anyway, um, 
the the uh, the other experience for for Brett Yormack is uh, he was basically he ran the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and so he and he worked at NASCAR for a while as well. So he absolutely has sports experience. But yeah, Kellis, what what did you make of uh, if if he's the guy? You know, it looks like he is going outside of you know. Mm-hmm smaller conference commissioner, um, athletic director at a, at a power program as Bob Bowlesby was at Stanford before he became the, the, the big 12 commissioner, um, you know, outside the, outside the, the, the lines coloring here. Yeah. Well, a few things. So, um, very cool that you almost met Jay-Z once. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, he was like looking that. right at me. You know, he was looking like, like, man, I want that seat. And it wasn't even a front row seat. That was like in the back row or something. Um, that's really cool. Rock Nation, for those that, d- that don't know, it's like the hip, cool um, talent agency. If you're a singer, artist, athlete, you can go there and say you're represented by Jay-Z, basically. And, um, you know, good good things happen, uh, apparently. Um, I'd, have, I'd have to go look at their full talent list. But, yeah, if, you, if you're like an athlete looking to be cool and expand your brand, Rock Nation is, is a, a popular place to go. Um, so I, I was uh, surprised. I thought they would go with a guy like Oliver Luck. Uh, from the get-go, I kind of thought he was the slam dunk choice. I thought he would have been a good choice for him. Um, but the more I think about it, um, you know, maybe this is just the way that um, sports are going. The Pac-12 went outside the box when they uh, hired uh, George Klyakov. Um, uh, the, the, the big 10, um, you know, didn't, didn't hire a traditional, you know, sitting athletics director or something like that when they went with Kevin Warren. Um, and, uh, now the big 12 is following the same playbook. They're following, they're going to bring in a guy who's got experience outside of college athletics and uh, hope that it, you know, brings in some new ideas, brings in a new culture, brings in a new mindset. And, um, I guess we'll see how it plays out, but I, I'm okay with it. I think it's an interesting hire to, to say the least just because they have so many, um, you know, questions that need to be answered here coming up. And, uh, you know, as much as I like Bob Wolsby, um, you know, his, his way of thinking didn't necessarily um, always lead to the best things for the big 12, um, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. We don't know what the future um, is for the TV rights um, contract coming up especially with so many new options out there like Apple TV, Netflix, streaming, traditional TV, YouTube TV. Um, I don't know that we need to, that the big 12 needs to have, you know, a really super traditional thinker in there leading things. New ideas might help. Um, And uh, even though I am surprised because Gene Taylor and other ADs across the big 12 did come out and wanted a guy with a college athletics background, to go this way was surprising, but uh, if you can come in and shake things up, maybe it'll be the be a, a bold and good move for him. To me, the uh, priority for the new commissioner is going to be uh, get the Big Twelve positioned for a media contract, a future media contract that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of what they have now, um, because in Texas and Oklahoma's departure, they're losing. What Bob Bowlesby has said is about 50% of the value, television contract value, and they don't make up 50% with the additions of the four schools, incoming schools. So uh, for Kansas State, for KU, Iowa State, Baylor Tech, Oklahoma State, the rest, to remain a Power Five conference, you got you to basically have Power Five conference income. 
they're, they're going to have, uh, they were number three in terms of television revenue income this year behind only the SEC and the Big Ten. Those two conferences will stay ahead of the other three for a long time. But what the Big 12 doesn't want is to fall behind the ACC and the Pac-12. So uh, <clears throat> the current TV deal is up after the 24-25 school year. Um, negotiations are need to happen sooner than that. They obviously sh- they, they sh- should have happened by now, but haven't, or at least not to our knowledge. And for Brett Yormack, that is that is job number one. So, hey, you know what? You and I will uh, probably get to meet him and talk with him in a couple of weeks at um, at Big Twelve Media Days in um, in Irving Tech, not Irving. Arlington. Arlington. That's right. Irving is where the old stadium was. <laughs> uh, AT&T Stadium, of course, is in Arlington. And Kellis, as we close it out, um, let, let's you and I be among the first to congratulate Lon Kruger, who uh, we learned today is entering the Na- National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame being announced today. So Lon Kruger is going in the College Basketball Hall of Fame, which is in Kansas City. Uh, induction ceremony will be in November and certainly deserves it. Lon Kruger, one of the great coaches in college basketball, took two teams to the Final Four, um, was the first coach to take five different programs to the NCAA tournament. I thought Lon was just a great, great coach, and now he's in the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, and a super nice guy, and the K-Stater through and through. Um, you know, I, I don't throw this compliment around to every coach I meet, but he's he, he's one guy that if my kids ever grew up to be good enough at basketball to play at the college level, I would definitely endorse them playing for him. He's just a very nice guy, treats players the right way, plays, treats his coaches the right way, treats the media the right way. I always loved that he had nothing to hide, had open practices, even streamed him online if you wanted to go watch him. He didn't care. You wanted to come out and be around his program and support him, learn more about him. He was all for it. Um, and you know what? He still went out and won a lot of games. So other coaches can learn from that. You don't have to be this, um, you know, impenetrable fortress out here. You can still be a person. You can still be nice. You can still be outgoing and uh, win at a high level. Um, so, so good for him. That, that's great. Um, yep. He, uh, he also threw Kansas State a lot of favors over the years at Oklahoma, refusing to win. <laughs> yes. Never could even win at Bramlage. <laughs> Um, and, you know, just to circle back from uh, to where we started um, <laughs> talking about uh, trips to, to Manhattan, for me, the first teams of Kansas State basketball that I covered, Lon Kruger was the coach. You know, he'd already had his um, great playing career in Manhattan in the 70s. And, of course, he became the head coach. I believe it was the 86-87 season was his first. Took the Wildcats to the 88 uh, Elite Eight. And the next year is when um, I got to Kansas City. And so he was the coach for a couple seasons while I was here. So congrats to Lon Kruger and Kellis. We will see you in Arlington in a couple weeks. All right. We'll talk again then. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. And a salute to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette for sharing his wisdom on Kansas State. Hey, did you check out the morning sports edition today? 30 pages full of local and national sports coverage. Go to liveedition.kansascity.com for more information. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.